Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Well, we continue with our series. Uh, we're almost to the end of it. Walking with Jesus through the Gospel of John. Just got a couple of weeks left. And uh, we have been, since January, the first Sunday, walking and working our way through the Gospel of John with the goal to get a clear and accurate picture of just who Jesus is, what he really said, what he really did, and what he wants from us. And, of course, we're kind of come up to the cost, the goal that it is to be authentic and genuine followers of Christ. Well, today we're up to the next to the last chapter, John 20. And if you were awake last week, which I hope you were, you'll notice that this is a repeat. Now, I'm not preaching the same sermon. You know, you probably didn't get it last week, so I'm going to preach it again. No, but uh, this all kind of ties together. There may be a few visitors that we have here and that uh, you may... May, it may help you to get a little bit of the context that we're in. And uh, that this is taking place that after Jesus had been tried, crucified, died, and buried in a tomb. Sunday morning, resurrection morning, he rose from the grave. Uh, Mary saw him, a few of the ladies. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up from there. But when she saw him we find that she went from confusion and crying to celebration. We also saw the disciples move through some of that stage. They didn't quite get to the celebration. It was the, the ladies who kind of got to the celebration on time. But the disciples still had some issues. And they were still struggling with just what had happened. There was some confusion there. And we'll see today some fear that has taken place. But the celebration that we talked about last week uh, I want us to review these points because these are the, uh, the six things that help us to realize why we can move from confusion to celebration. Jesus is alive. We're forgiven. We're going to live forever. We'll have resurrected bodies. We'll see and know our loved ones, and heaven is our eternal home. Amen? That's something worthwhile. That's one of the reasons why we can move from confusion to celebration. And today, we'll pick up, right where that story left off, we pick up where Jesus uh, appearing to the full disciples and revealing himself completely. But we find them locked in a room like scared children. They were afraid. They were in fear. So that's why we're today, last week we moved from confusion to celebration, uh, mostly ladies. The men, this week, we've got to get somewhere. So we're going to move from fear to faith today and all of us to get to that point. So let's watch as we have each week uh, a little video clip of this section of scripture being portrayed through the Gospel of John. But uh, listen to it and, and really kind of get into it and realize how important it is. But let's watch this. It was late that Sunday evening and the disciples were gathered together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Then Jesus came, stood among them. Peace be with you. After saying this, he showed them his hands. The 
disciples were filled with joy at seeing the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. the twelve disciples, Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. <coughs> so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Unless I see the scars of the nails in his hand, and put my finger on those scars, and my hand in his side, <coughs> I will not believe. out your hand and put it in my side. Stop your doubting, please. My Lord and my God. Jesus performed many other miracles which are not written down in this book, but these have been written in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you may have life. Well, there's a lot in that passage that we could focus on, but the key words that I'm picking up on are what Jesus said to Thomas about stop doubting. Believe. And, cause, and then that, that last few verses, which is sort of the purpose of the book, is that we may all believe. All this that John has written and all the teachings were designed to give us confidence in what to believe so that we could have that assurance and that confidence and our faith develop. So that's really the, the focus we're talking about today. And I've subtitled it, Drop the A. Okay, not drop the attitude, not drop the act. But I'm going to leave you sitting on the edge of your pew in anticipation about what I'm talking about. But you'll, you'll catch it. Drop the A will be we're coming up on. But let's look at John chapter 20, just a few verses, the key, the key passage of Scripture here that I want to look at. John 20, 26 to 28. 
A week later, Jesus' disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Now, as you saw in the, in the video, Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday morning. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, the ladies that morning, and then that night, Sunday night, or in the evening, he appeared to the disciples, except Thomas. And we'll get back to why he was not there at, at later. But this is one week later, another Sunday, and many scholars and uh, evangelical leaders say that that's one of the reasons why the, the, we, it was changed from Saturday uh, worship and focus on Sabbath to the Sunday as the Lord's Day. Because the first two Sundays of the Lord's life after his resurrection were spent with the group gathered together, worshiping and praying and, and, and fellowship with him. So that's one of the reasons why every Sunday morning, every Sunday, is a resurrection celebration. We're here to remember that Christ is risen from the dead. And that gives us the confidence and faith to move from confusion to celebration and from fear to faith. So, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Now that means he, he, that, that theological word, poof, he just poofed into the room, into their presence. Jesus came and stood among them and said, the first of three times, peace be with you. Then he went straight to Thomas and said, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it at my side. And this is a key phrase. Stop doubting or stop your faithless doubting is better translation and believe. And then Thomas said to him, if you believe, agree with it, read it out loud with me, my Lord and my God. Now that's the way we're good. So the key here is we're trying to show you some steps of where we need to come from, uh, from confusion to celebration, from fear to faith. And all of us here at some point in time in our life, and you may be now struggling with some confusion and some fear in your life. Um, and those are temptations that's all around us. But you see, because of the resurrection, celebration and faith is for us if we choose. So, before we go any further, let's kind of make sure we cl clarify this about this doubt. You may disagree with me at first. But I think you all see where I'm coming. Doubt is not always sinful and wrong. Doubts can be a catalyst for new spiritual growth. Now, hold on if you, if you confirm and you'll realize what I'm talking about. There are intellectual doubts that mostly outside the Christian faith is the Bible, the Word of God. Is Jesus the Son of God? Did he really rise from the dead? Is Jesus really the only way to heaven? These are intellectual questions that people deal with. And you know, it's important to deal with it. Because I know a lot of people, a lot of Christians, would say, well, my mom and my daddy, my grandpa and the preacher said, this believe this, so that's what I believe. Well, that's, that's nice if your mom and your daddy and your grandpa and your preacher believe the right things <laughs> and uh, biblical things. But you see, every single person is required to deal and to struggle with the truths and the claims of Jesus Christ and to choose Christ. You need to, you, and that's why it's important that we, we address some of the issues and the doubts. And that's many times when I mention my sermons, I don't shy away from the, the troublesome things, the questionable things, because they're only troublesome and questionable when you step outside of the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance. So there are intellectual doubts. There's also spiritual doubts, which many Christians deal with. Uh, am I really a Christian? 
How have I truly believed? Why is it so hard to pray? Why do I still feel guilty? And why is it taking me so long to get better? So some spiritual things that, that, that we deal with. And then the, the, the troublesome ones are the circumstantial doubts, the whys of life. Why did my child die? Why did my marriage break up? Why did my best friend betray me? Where was God when I was being abused? You see, these are all doubts and questions. Now, the, the, the word doubt, in a sense, gives the picture of two-mindedness. You know, you're wavering between two positions. Do I do it or do I not do it? Do I go to the right or do I go to the left? So that's the question. But sometimes it's not totally obvious which is the right direction without investigating, without looking at the facts. And that's why it's so important that you read the Bible carefully and with the idea of seeking what it's the truth. Because through the Bible, the truths of God through Jesus Christ are given to us, which then gives us the direction when a, an issue comes up. You come up, you've got two things. And you have a, half the crowd that says, go this way, and the other half says that way. So what do you do? Well, first of all, you pray. You seek the Lord's wisdom. You, you, you read the Bible, you fall back on that. You get to counsel and direction. But you see, we, we deal with these issues. Doubts, if we are facing them with honesty and truthfulness, can be helpful. But with all that uh, illustration, I'm not talking about that doubt today anyway. <laughs> but just want you to know, not, not all doubt is bad, but doubt can be good. But today, we're looking at faithless doubting, this doubting that is not good. And this is where the Greek words come in, and if you're real sharp here, you may pick up where the drop the A comes from. Okay, quick Greek lesson here. The last three words in that, that sentence is apistos a la apistos. Okay? Apistos has the meaning of unfaithful, faithless, unbelieving, lack of trust in God, and doubt. That's where Thomas was. And that's where many people in the world are. Hopefully, you're not there today, but if you are, there is another an alternative. But, a la, pistos. Now, are you getting any picture here of where the A drop the A comes from? You waking up, any of you? All right, well, if not, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit, if not. Pistos is where we need to be. Faith, reliable, trusty, faithful, to believe in, to rely upon, a sure confidence. That's where we need to be. And the way to get there is to drop the A off of that one. Get, let go of your fear. Let go of your unfaithless un, and your lack of trust and doubt. Because that's what we're victorious Christian living. Authentic and genuine followers of Christ uh, differ from just so-called nominal Christians and definitely from the world is that we have a confidence. We have something to rely upon, primarily because Jesus rose to the grave. And with that, we have that. So keep that in mind, but let's kind of work through this apistos a little bit here, this faith is doubting. There's some critical consequences. Now, remember, some doubt can be helpful, but apistos doubt is not helpful. Okay, it's the, the negative part of that. It leads to despair. Look at what verse 24 said. Now, Thomas, also called Didymus, and Didymus is Aramaic for the twin, so he obviously had a twin, brother or sister. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Now, you've got to read between the lines, but obviously he wasn't there because he had given up. He was in despair. He didn't, he didn't have hope. He didn't believe. 
You see, apistos, this faithless doubting, leads to despair. You know some people in your network, or especially those you may come across in work, that are just really living in despair? They're just making it. Don't have real hope. That's what apistos does for you. But it also leads to denial, the next stage. Verse 25. So the other disciples told him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. They did it with celebration. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. Thomas was basically saying, you lie. I don't believe you. I, I, I don't believe it. I'm just, I deny that, you, that he's here. I, you know, I've got to see it to believe it. I'm just not going to believe it. You see, apistos, this faithless doubting, if we don't watch out, we'll... Not only leave us, lead us to despair, it will cause us to deny this lack of faith. And if we don't have this understanding of who God is and how he works, but sometimes he works through troublesome times and tribulations and through downtimes. He, he allows us to go through some of these dark days for a purpose. But if we don't have a clear picture of who God is and that's what he works, we will despair and we will deny his love and faithfulness. Because the scripture does say, you know, Jesus says, I'll always be with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be there to comfort you. I'm your, the good shepherd. Well, people of the world, and many of you here will say, well, well, where was the good shepherd when this happened? And when this happened? And what's going on now in my life? You see, if we don't have that clear picture of and a confidence of who Jesus is and what he said, that's why the truth is so important. Apistos can lead to despair, denial, and then dissension. It's the same verse I read a while ago, but it's just taking the idea. Obviously, if somebody says, hey, I don't believe you, you must be lying. Well, that doesn't foster good brotherhood and fellowship, does it? It causes dissension. When you don't believe truly in Jesus and, and his word, you cause dissension among brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why it's so important that we know the truth and that we follow that truth because apistos can cause us to despair, deny, and have dissension. And I think we all agree that we don't need to go there. But we're tempted to do that because Thomas was in that situation and uh, we need to struggle with that. Okay, so the solution is, if you haven't figured out by now, to drop the A. The A off of apistos to pistos. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. See, we have to make a choice to believe. But we don't have to just pull it out of the air and hope that it's, you know, it's going to work. We have 100% confidence, or we should have 100% confidence, in what the Bible says about what Jesus said and what he did. Because... 100% of everything Jesus said and promised has come true. So I think we can pretty much guarantee that 100% of everything he's promised for the future is going to come true. Amen? But we've got to have belief. We've got to have faith. We've got to have confidence in that. Because that faith will renew our fellowship, and we, we all need that. It will restore our focus, and we need that. You see, doubt causes you to look back and forth and, well, this or that, or is God going to come through or is he not? You know, and you, you lose focus. 
and you lose fellowship with him. So, drop the A, just in case you're wondering. So, where does the confidence come from to have this faith? And I've been alluding to it already, but I want to nail it down in these two sentences, this one and the next one. The reason why we have confidence that we can move from my pistos to pistos is Jesus is everything that he claimed to be. Throughout the Gospel of John, from chapter 1 all the way through here, 20, and then next there's one more chapter, we have seen evidence through miracles, signs, wonders, and the teaching of the early church that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior world. He is the great I Am, which means he's the bread of life, the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the resurrection of the light, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and life, and the true vine. That alone should give us confidence and assurance to move from apistos to pistos, to have that faith, to have that confidence, to have that surety. But just in case that's not enough, how about this one? Jesus does everything that we need him to do. Let's look at the, the passage here today. There are four things Jesus did for the disciples 2,000 years ago, and he still does that for his disciples today. And that's one reason. Everything that we need, he does. Everything that he said is true. Number one, Jesus appeared to them. So if you want to use a one word, presence there. Verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. You see, Jesus went to their fear. He came to where their problem was. That's what Jesus does for us. In the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, our worries, our fears, our struggle, Jesus is there. He's promised to never leave us and never forsake us. You are never alone, no matter how dark it may be or how lonely the circumstances may be. You are not alone. His presence is there. And that presence then moves us to the second one, is that he comforts us in our troubles. Verse 19b and the 20. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. This is the second of the three times. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. His disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So because of the presence of the Lord, the peace of the Lord is available. Peace and joy is found in the presence of the Lord. But you have to acknowledge that. You have to, you have to show up with Jesus. You have to look for him and listen to him carefully. So he does what we need by appearing to them. He appears to us in our, in, through the Holy Spirit in our life. He comforts them. He comforts up us through his word, through his spirit, through fellow Christians. But he also, he commissioned them, which means he gave them purpose. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Or some version, so send I you. So, Jesus brings, comes among us, he resides with us, he gives us peace and joy, but he also gives us a purpose and he commissions us. Every single one of you here, if you're a believer, you're a commissioned officer in the Lord's army. And you have responsibility and privilege to serve. You are commissioned. But the good thing is, you don't have to do that on your own because the fourth point is, he empowers them and he empowers us. 
And when Jesus said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of questions that some people have about exactly what all that means. But the principle behind it is, is that Jesus says, I'm going to give you the power that you need to be successful, to move from confusion to celebration in your life, to move from fear to faith, to move from apistos to pistos. That's the confidence that we have. Jesus has, has, is who everything he's claimed to be, and he does everything that we need him to do. So therefore, we have the confidence. So would you agree with me when I say Jesus has done his part? Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Jesus has done his part. So where does that leave us? Our part, our decision is whether we're truly going to drop the A and believe and confess as Thomas did and say it with me again. My Lord and my God. Now, there's still one more thing to do. Go where he sends you. You see, a lot of us want the presence and the peace and the joy and even the power of the Lord, but we don't necessarily want to be commissioned to do something. But see, that all package goes together. Authentic junior followers, all those come together. If we're going to fully have experience his presence and peace and joy and experience his power, we've got to be doing what he wants us to do. We've got to go where he wants us to go. Say what we need to say. Be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. But it is challenging. But through the Holy Spirit and through prayer, and this verse here, I'm going to another gospel now, but it's still Jesus and his workings. Jesus in Mark 9, 23-25 is talking. He's with his disciples. He walks up, and, and the disciples are to say, we tried to heal this man, but we, his son, but we can't do it. They just, they just didn't have the faith to do it. But the man's son had a mute spirit and some other issues. But Jesus came up to the father and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father and child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Pistos. Help my apistos. You see, in this case, he was struggling with both of those. And many of us struggle with that. We need to realize that there are times, even as Christians, that we can be, at least in, in the way we act and respond, appear to have that apistos, that faithless. We don't, we don't appear to be trusting in the Lord, to take care of our health, our financial needs, our relationships, our church, our, our, uh, whatever in our life. We need to pray. Lord, I believe. Of course, you, first of all, you need to believe that Jesus, who he is, what he said. But then said, Lord, I need help. Help me believe more and more. Give me confidence. I'm seeking for that. Speak to me and give me assurance. So that's the, the, the key that we have here. So we can, with all this thing, we wrap it up here, we can move from confusion to celebration and from fear to faith. Why? Well, wake up and read it with me, would you? Jesus is alive. Say it out loud. We are forgiven. We're going to live forever. We will have a resurrected body. We will see and know our loved ones. Heaven will be our eternal home. Now those things are more than enough to, for to us to have a confidence, an assurance, a deep faith, a pistos faith, that we can move from celebration, from confusion to celebration. And we can move from fear to faith. 
But it all comes down to believing. That's what this whole book is about. And the whole concept is. He's given us all this information, telling us all this stuff so that we can make a choice. Not to, to, to go between two things, to believe or not to believe. But give the evidence and it's time to make a choice. Now, most of us here have made that choice, at least initially. But we need to make sure every day we are choosing faith and resurrection, that we believe that he's going to meet our needs. Because when we do, we will receive that peace that he talks about. Three times he mentions that. That's what God wants from us. He doesn't want confusion and fear. He wants us to have peace and confidence and assurance. But he's done his part. So that brings us to you and I. What about our part? What do we do? Are we truly believing? Full faith? Trusting in the Lord to meet our needs, however that may be? That's where we need to be. Because you see, authentic and genuine followers of Christ, they drop the A. And they believe. So I want to challenge you here today. Many of you are Christians. But are you acting more like Thomas? Or you acting in the proper way that, that the, the other disciples and Mary and, and the ladies did? It's time for us to step up and to choose to believe. The evidence is there. We don't need to waver any longer. We need to accept it, trust in it, stand on it, and move forward in faith and confidence. Would you bow your heads as we close our eyes as we move to our time of, of invitation and commitment? This is the time that I want to encourage you to reflect upon what has been said today, particularly the verses of Scripture, and allow the Holy Spirit to wash over you and to give you some clarity, to help reveal to you the truth. The truth that there is peace and joy, power in the presence of the Lord. And then his presence goes with us to, as we move forward in commission to do his will. Christians, let's, let's follow our commission. Do what we need to do. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.